I'm with I'm with life and we're alive. We're alive, mate. Yeah, coffee. No, not coffee. We'll talk about matcha. I see the red button and I freeze. Anyway, um, yeah, I've just got back from the gym doing the old stairmaster, mate. I feel like Kim Kardashian. That thing is so unbelievably hard. Now, so master. is it actually like that kind of rotating thing of stairs that you just keep going up the endless thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Hamster. It's the new it's the new toy in the gym. Okay, um, got it. So I, I've honestly, 10 minutes on that, mate, I'm done. In and out, Your mate. first voice note this morning, uh, I was listening to it at like 5 a.m. Amber was still asleep and she's like, I, I understand that he's like your best friend, <laughs> but I don't like waking up to him being breathless in a voice note. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I said, babe, I think he's at the gym. I'm pretty sure he's at I the bet, gym. Honestly, I debated whether to send that or not. And I had airports in and I was like, I, I, I sent it and I know what I'm like with like mouth noises. And I was like, I've just, I've done something that I would be annoyed at. Um, I feel, I feel bad. I, I have zero issue there. with it. Cause I, cause yesterday you showed me around the gym. Yeah. You sent me a little it. video. Uh, so I, I, I knew right away. I get this. And she's like, why is he I did, why is he at the gym? And I said, because we both have the UK drum show coming up. I guarantee all those drummers are at the gym right now trying to not look fat on camera. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so oh. hard to look good on a drum kit, mate, let alone when there's just all the all the cameras and like, because normally at a show, like you've got your photographer, like we spoke about in the last yeah. episode where like they'll just get a few shots and then take pictures of like the whole thing at this thing. There's going to be so many phones just on a on us, yeah. essentially, with, with bright lights. And you can't control Oof. that the person doesn't know how to, like, white balance their phone or, you know, they, or they do the zoom in on, like, a oh. really cheap Android phone. And I'm like, yeah. you're not doing me any favors, bro. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's good. Brutal. But yeah, you know but what? Anyway, if it makes good. you feel any better, usually they've got an actual, like, rig, like a real camera that's then putting you on, like, a 40-foot L. LED screen behind you. Don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, I was I was literally trying to stop saying LSD. I've been <laughs> dropping so much acid lately that I'm like, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Microdosing is for kids. I just go in and grab a handful of acid. I, say, I, don't, I don't know how you do acid, but I do a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> is it by the handful? I don't know. I knew that was that wasn't just matcha you were putting in that drink. Do you know what Never. I mean? It's handfuls of acid. <laughs> <laughs> hydrochloric acid all right welcome into episode 77 always talking about drums dude big news big news now What's you the news you can see it but no one else can because we don't show these podcasts it's day one of t-shirt day here in northern california is the it really are gone i'll never i won't go back until next october maybe Oof. God, I don't know how you deal with it, mate. I'm a, I'm a hoodie guy all year round. All year round, mate. I'm a hoodie guy. I love filming in a hoodie. I mean, everything is covered. The double chins cover. Everything's good. Yeah. I'm, and it's like, oh, that's not my belly. That's the that's the little hand warmer pocket. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. super cut under that. No <laughs> hiding in this thing. But even Rona yesterday was like, so when are you going to launch your Patreon? And I was like, mm, probably when I've lost two stone, I reckon. <laughs> Not 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 like you know not drum skills back up there. No, not no, like no, no. Education based off. It's like it's probably when I lose a bit of weight, I'll start. Yeah. I'll start the Patreon page again. Basically, when I walk past the mirror, 
don't know that it's me and i'm just like that guy's sexy oh my god that's me yeah yeah, yeah. that's when wow. i'll launch that's when i'll launch my <laughs> important. that's the important wow <laughs> how hot is it there then uh it's it's not hot at all i mean <clears throat> but it's the days are getting to the point that you would be sweating in a hoodie um mm. so since i'm in the studio all day long until about midday when i just literally can't film anything else and i'm starting to freak out then i usually take a walk go to sociology they've got a new a new milk that they're using in some of their drinks that's like a combination of oats and cashew and dates and they're so i'm giving that a try later today with their matcha um and then yeah i just take a walk around town honestly to get some freaking sun like just so i don't die (laughs) (laughs) like i'm literally i there's a point where i think to myself oh my god i have no windows i used to make fun of like producers i'm like dude you're a vampire you just sit in this room all day with no windows editing songs that's me on a computer editing video footage all day long so i force myself to go outside take a long walk get some actual vitamin d into the skin Mm -hmm. and it's drum with mike and eddie yeah it's drum with mike and eddie mate talk about drum with mike and eddie um and drum with mike and eddie live Leeds is sold out, like we said last week, right? Beautiful. Sell out boys, they call us, all around the world. I knew it. Uh, you I know what they coming. should call us? Segway boys. That was clean, kid. As, <laughs> that was as your clean. best mate, that was freaking clean. I almost dropped an F-bomb for how good that was. <laughs> I like had to take a step back and be like, what the f- just happened? I know. I know. Clean segways left, right and center here, mate. Um, uh, Bath. 28 out of 30 tickets sold, mate. So two more people can come to that one. Um, and then we have uh, 10 tickets left for Cardiff. So come on. Make it happen. almost done, mate. We're almost done. Looking forward to hang out with you guys. It's just going to be... I was talking to uh, my next door neighbor, Andy. I told you in the voice note we had a, a court party. So mm. f- what do you guys call a court? Like where I live. Is that a cul-de-sac or... Yeah, a, cul- yeah, a cul-de-sac or okay. a close. A close. Oh, okay. So we have that and we're on like the corner of the, of the thing. And then we, because there's only, I think six houses, we know all of our neighbors. So basically the daughter of one of our neighbors, who's, she's probably six, I think she just said, dad, I think we should have, you should make ribs for the court. And the dad was like, uh, okay. I, okay. It's still kind of winter here, but all right, we'll do that. (laughs) So she hand wrote notes and put them on everyone's doorstep like you're invited to a court party and in crayon and we all oh, got these bless. notes and it was like, all right. And so 5 p.m. last night, we all came out with our casserole dishes. There were tables set up in the middle of the court. There were kids drawing in chalk all over the streets. They were drawing what they considered to be scary drawings to ward off bad people, which I was stoked Aww. about. So I was like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> and it was amazing. I don't I don't really eat pork, but. I didn't want to like be rude. Well, Juno ate two. She yeah, was the bet. first to have some. She she jumped straight on the table, grabbed two ribs, and bolted. And I was what, like, what, "What about Han? Was he just he was, doing something?" He's he's more of a floor cleaner. He just waits for you to drop something. He's all about picking up the scraps on the ground. Yeah. He he understands the game. Yeah, Juno and Juno's got a, a probably about a half a foot of height on him, so she can jump up. And I just looked at the rib man and I said, "Look, look at our dish. There's a lid, bro." <laughs> See how we do it? What are you doing? Just leaving ribs in an open container. But in all Wait, honesty, it was amazing. Was this the guy I met? No, I that's Andy. His, so that's Andy, Andy, of course. Um, Fed yeah. me a cow, a whole cow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Andy is my next door neighbor. Uh, and anyways, 
segue back to the beginning of the story during our court play date last night. Uh, I was talking to Andy about these things and he's like, man, are you excited about the UK drum show? And I'm like, I am beyond belief, but there, there comes a sense of pressure with those things. You're, you're usually more excited once it's over. Like, okay, cool. That was fun. I had a great time catching up with everybody. My time on stage went as good as can be expected. Let's move on. But I told him the podcast hangs. There's just so many of these people that I only know them through DMs or maybe if I'm lucky a little, you know, some of our Patreon Zoom calls. But to actually hang out with our listeners in person, not rush the evening like, well, it's a 45 sharp. We got to be out of here. Like, Mm. I just want to hang out and hear their stories because I feel like they know so much about us for from listening to 77 hours of us talk. But we know very little about them. And so I'm more excited to learn about them. So I think those podcast hangs are going to be incredibly uh, special in a way that you and I can't predict quite yet. Yeah. You know, when you finish like a clinic or a masterclass, are they the same thing? Are clinics on masterclass is the same thing? No, or they're not. not. Go on. They're not. They're completely different. All right. They're not Basically, even related. Yeah. If you're doing two completely <laughs> different things, one called a masterclass and one called, one called a clinic, right? You know, you know, at the end, um, when people stay around and you just chat, yeah, that's like one of the best bits for me because people's guards are down. They've got you on their own and they're just asking questions and talking about totally. their lives and you can ask about them as opposed to just talking about yourself for the entire hour, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's what the whole podcast is. That's what the whole evening is going to be. Just talking to people and getting totally. people to talk about their their journeys and their stories. And I can't, I can't wait for it, mate. Honestly, I'm so, so excited, man. It's like, it's a little tour for one. Me and you driving around in a little van. Um, a couple leather chairs in the back. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be great. I, I'm I excited it, to just go through the whole process of you having an American in your car freaking out about how rad your gas stations are. Because your guys' is <laughs> petrol stations are in they're like shopping malls they're amazing and like yeah i every time i would go into one with kim lee i'd be like what is that guy doing he's like well it's the chef i'm like the chef why do you have a chef in your gas station like because he cooks food for people and i'm like whoa this is amazing they're pretty mad mate it's 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 so funny like i never really think about it and also what's going to be really interesting for you to see is like where i live like it's so old mate you're going to be like this is what england this is what americans think of like the entirety of like england yes it's just yeah we old i would say we're we're generally it depends i don't want to generalize for all americans but when we get to london especially if you're from california you're disappointed because two reasons you've seen it before and you realize that you stole it. And so there's this sense of guilt. That you're like, Oh, I thought we made San Francisco from scratch. It's like, no, you just took the cool stuff from London and, and put it even closer together. And so it's like, Oh, well, I've already seen all this. But when you go to out in the country, that is honestly like, especially if you just attach the word like Shire to the end of anything, oh, like, yeah. It, even if it, even if you own the land, if it was like, well, I'm going to just we're going to go to bath for a bit and then we're off to Thrower Like <laughs> as soon as you get to Thrower and take a left on like I, mean, lane. I, do, I, I do live in Hampshire, which is uh, <laughs> okay, a posh sure. people say Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say Hampshire. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so I, I think cool. it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's get into this week's episode and the main topic, which is careers and what does it take to build a career in not only the drum industry, but I think in art in general. Now, we've talked in the past about making a living. 
and we really kind of drilled down into the finances of the career. But I think that if we could move finances aside, which I know is not an easy thing to do, but if we could just move finances aside, then we have to figure out, well, what is it to have a career in the drum industry? So let's just assume that you are paying for all your bills with the drums. That that part's taken care of. Now, what is a, a, a career that would allow you some longevity? You know, you and I have talked in the past about whether it be at the time YouTube or eventually Instagram, now more TikTok. Is it enough to be kind of social media famous for drumming? Will that give you the longevity of a career? What is that analogous to from maybe my era or your era? And then from there, it's like, okay, well, what if you do have that? I mean, that's a a scary thing too. What if you do have some TikTok recognition or Instagram recognition and it's like, okay, this is great, but it's not paying my bills. How do I turn this into a career? So my first question for you as we kind of go down this journey why do you respect the drummers you respect and think of them as career level drummers? Um, like if a good example I would think would be um, Freddie Sheed, like Freddie Sheed, somebody that you brought to my attention. I know you respect him a lot, but he's not just good because there's lots of people that are good. So what makes him for lack of better words, legit in your opinion? I think it comes down to a few things. One of them being <clears throat> the fact they have like, they're artists in their own right. Do you know what I mean? I I really like that about people who I consider like legit or people who are going to be around for a long time. They're, they're artists and they, they, they don't feel guilty of just doing whatever's, whatever's hot playing the coolest kit at the moment. Do you know what I mean? When SJC and truth back in the day for me was hot, I was playing Tamar, you know, like I I really, I really, and everyone was looking at the logo, like who, Who are you? What is going on here? Can you not afford an SJC? Yeah, yeah, where's your like gold and pink sparkly God knows what kit? Um, No disrespect to SJC. I I really like him. But um, uh, yeah, I think it comes down to like having, no matter what you're doing within drums, whether it be you're just a drummer that's post videos on Instagram and social media or you're a teacher or you're a session player, especially a session player. I think it's so, so important to have like a vibe and be an artist within your own right. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people sadly lose that because they just want to become like a chameleon that does anything and does everything that is like big and has big exposure and is, they want to do this gig and they want to do that gig. And I think over time by doing that, you lose who you are and you lose who you wanted to become essentially. Do you know what I mean? And I think when I consider, you know, the, the, the drummers that I, when I think of drummers who I respect and who have had longevity and I know who will go on to have, you know, long careers, they're artists and they're credible and they, they, they create things and they're not looking for, mm. you know, I guess, I guess it's like when you can compare it to being in a band, you know, like you, you always speak about this when, um, you know, like people around your area were copying Deftones and it was already too late. It was already five years too late. Right. And it's that same thing. It's like, have your thing, do your thing and be you, even when it's not cool. And when it, when it is cool, you know, amazing. But like, I think right. it's just all about having your identity, being the artist that you want to be. And, and that allows you to be in this game for a long time. I think one of the yeah, reasons I mean, anyway. 
it's definitely not a negative to be doing well on social media. And it's not a negative to try to do well on social media. I think that it still comes down to why are you trying to do well on social media? You have to face the fact that like, are you doing this for you? Is there a deeper issue where you need the recognition, you need the likes? Or is it something legitimate where one, maybe you just like doing it? You know, there's, Mm. I can tell you right now, I'm at a place where the thrill of having an idea, an original thought, filming it, trying to be creative, even if it's just for a story, like knowing ahead of time, all right, I know the framing because I already know this is a story. I'm literally turning my camera. One of the reasons I got Sony FX3s was because they had a side mount on them that I could literally turn my camera on the side and attach the the tripod plate. Mm. But I know going in, I know this is a story. I know it's going to be high contrast, black and white. Like that's part of the creative process as well as much as the drumming is. But there, I'm at the point now that once I press upload, I probably don't check in for another three hours. I'm on to the, I've just, I'm too busy. I'm on to the next thing. And I've realized that there isn't really much of a difference from me fanning the flames and like jumping into the comments right away and asking people questions. So we get some sort of, you know, motion on it. And then me not checking it at all. Like it does about the same. So it's like, I'm not really doing it for the business purpose of it anymore. I'm doing it because I had this thing that I just had to share with the world and once it's shared, I'm good. You know, I don't need mm. to check in and be like, did you like it? Did you? It was pretty rad, right? You liked it. Tell me you liked it, please. You didn't like it. Tell me why you didn't like it. Like, I'm over that. It's it's yeah. gone. So I think that by being a part of social media, as long as you know why you're doing it, whether it's to create a name for yourself, sometimes for a lot of people, it's just to be a part of the scene. I mean, that's where the scene is right now on a global level. You can't have a global scene at your local club. So on a global level, if you want to be part of the drum community, the music community, the artistic community, you're going to do it through social media. So I think, like you said, it's just making sure that you're not doing it just for the recognition, thinking that, okay, I've hit this magic number of subscribers or followers or likes or views, and now I have a career. It's like, but you don't. It's okay to have that, but it has to be coupled with something else. I think Mm -hmm. of somebody like Ash Sohn, who really, really couldn't care less about social media, but his social media blew up about three years ago. And it was just because for the first time ever, the thing that he's always been doing for the last 30 years, people got to see it. Yeah, And so it's it's not like he was new or... Looks like we froze. I'm here. I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> freaking, freaking Zencaster. You did me dirty. Oh, man, that is brilliant. Uh, that is brilliant. That is so, so yeah. good. Social media. Oh, Ash Zone. <laughs> <clears throat> I love a good Ash Zone. Oh, man, this is uh, great. I love lovely it. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I was saying before we got... So rudely cut off with Ash, he was never trying to be social media famous. We finally just got to see what he was doing. And so I think with that stuff, it can actually truly add to your career. Mm. But at the same time, when I think of career drummers, I definitely agree with you. Having something to say on the instrument is a big part of it. Like, are you a creative artist? That is a big deal. And as far as, you know, 
I think the chameleon thing versus the the one trick pony, I think both are completely valid as long as you know why you're doing it. If you know where I think the biggest thing that we have to do as artists that are trying to make a career out of it is we have to know what is your destination? Mm. Like my destination is educator. So everything that I'm doing career wise has to get me closer to that destination. And when I think about maybe like if, if somebody just called me and said, Hey, can you do this cover gig on Sunday pays 50 bucks? Uh, and so a bunch of like pop tune covers, I think as an educator, it's absolutely worth it for me to say, yeah, I can do it because then from that moment on, now my most recent cover gig has come from instead of three years ago, it was three days ago. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to my students better who are going through that right now. Yeah. So even a cover gig for me can have a purpose, but I have to know why. What I can't do is think, yeah, I'll do the cover gig because it's going to get me more students. And then I'm going to be disappointed at the end that like no one came up and said, man, you played that Black Eyed Peas tune really good. Can I take a drum lesson with you? That's not going to happen. <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, man. it's all about the long game, isn't it? And this is yes. why I think it, the long game, man, like it idea. really, really is. And I think, like you said, it's, it's amazing to be to want to be you know big on social media and all these kind of things but like social media does trick you into thinking things are quick and and it's and it's not mate i mean long game man like talk about having a purpose like when you first left your band and you were like right mm-hmm. i'm going to be an online drum educator i'm I was sure that's going to be a teacher yeah I, I mean i'm sure that wasn't the coolest thing to do at the time and now look like yeah. being an online drum educator especially through the lockdown was like what everyone wanted to to be and to do yeah and that's like you said the long game and having a sense of purpose it's like well i i just know that i want to teach and what i thought about was if simon says at that time we had released two albums we had sold enough albums that it i had a pretty good sense of where we were headed so first album did in the music industry's eyes, not well, but to me, it, you know, well over a hundred thousand copies. It was like, that's rad. I mean, mm. that's great. Awesome. Um, as far as the amount of money that the label poured into us, it was a pretty big <laughs> failure. The second <laughs> album didn't do as well, but it still did pretty well, at least in my eyes, but I didn't see, okay, if I stay here for another album, another three years of touring, how will that help me be a better educator? The thing was, we were on a, on a loop that was repeating, whether it be the tour schedule of the US, then Europe, then Asia, then back to the US, whether it be signing another deal, all the things you deal with, with management and lawyers, dealing with endorsements. We, you know, we were endorsed by Adidas and we were endorsed by energy drinks and all this stuff. I felt like, okay, all we're going to do is we're going to do it again, either on a bigger scale or a smaller scale but I'm gaining no new experiences. So the experiences that I need as an educator to pass on to my students that will go through this process, I already have them. There's no reason for me to keep doing this if I know that I want to be an educator for the rest of my life because I'm not going to gain any new experiences. You put us out instead of with Limp Biscuit, now we're out with, I don't know who would have been the next thing at the time, you know, P. Roach. So we're out with Papa Roach. After that, we're out with an, it's like, okay, but this is the same thing. It's just a Mm. different band. Um, And now it's time to sign our new deal and the industry has changed. Now we're dealing with iTunes instead of CDs. Okay, but it's the same exact process. Like, so I felt 
I think that that's what it's about is the long game and knowing where you're headed. I knew I wanted to be a full-time educator for the rest of my life. So every decision has been to get me closer to that. And even on social media now, I monitor myself. I'm like, God, that's the third basically performance post that I don't need to do that. Like I guarantee, cause I just put up a, a video of me playing one of my band songs. Yeah. Even though I haven't filmed it yet, I guarantee the next post will be me talking to the camera, teaching something because yeah. I'll, I'll start to feel that sense of guilt of like, look, man, people aren't following you to see you play specifically or that they, your role in people's lives is to teach them and to explain things and to break things down. And I enjoy that more than anything else. So I think that that's where people need to understand. You need to know where you're headed before you can have a decent route to get there. When people say, I want to go from California to the East Coast, it's like, okay, there's actually quite a few ways to get there and different ways to travel. But if you said, I want to get to this address in New York, but I really want to see the national monuments of the United States, well, don't take a plane. You're not going to see any of those things or the national park, excuse me. Mm. It's like, well, then there's a very specific route that we're going to have to draw to make sure that you hit all those stops on along your way. And so I think narrowing down your goals for your career is one of the best things you can do because then you can start to think, okay, like Youngblood, take it Mm -hmm. or don't take it. Now, if there's no social media at all, the only reason to take it basically on a career level, if we got rid of money, the only reason to take it would be connections. Even if you wanted to do it or didn't want to do it, okay, well, working with this MD just keeps me fresh in that person's mind. Plus, I'm going to be working with a bass player, maybe a keyboard player, young blood himself that I've never met. This is good connections. But as far as you wanting to do drum festivals, you want to have your own Patreon page where you teach drum lessons and you still want to tour. That young blood thing was a game changing career move because everyone was stuck at home for two years. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Eddie Thrower's on stage in these pictures in front of 200,000 people. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty mad. It's pretty mad. I mean, talking about like purpose and like choices, um, it's so funny, man. Because I, I, I get not to sound like that guy, but you know, I get like quite a few offers on gigs and things like that, and I'm the same with how you were with your band. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I know. Aside from the money, I, yeah. But what, what am I gaining from it? What am I? What am I learning? How is this going to help me? And I think like it's so hard to do those sort of things like slim down your choices and 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 discover your purpose when you're first starting out in this industry and because all you want to do is play drums and make it your living and blah 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 um but it's so funny like now my purpose is so so clear and it's so easy for me to like say no to things or to do to do what i want um and i think that that helps with just longevity and and you know like having more options by actually just saying no to some. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, when people like click on your page, your Instagram page, they're like, okay, what is this guy or girl? What what are they offering? And, and right. I, I like it when you can see straight away. Like when, if someone clicks on your page, he's an educator. He's a right. clinician, an educator, boom. But when you click on someone else's page, it's like, and you know, they're maybe doing a YouTube cover or something like that. Yeah, they can play drums. They can play drums really well. But like, can they play that on a stage in front of 10,000 people? And I need a drummer for next week. Can that right. person pull it off? 
it's 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 really really Isn't difficult. It a, it's a weird thing that we know that feel. You know, like when I look at say the average cover drummer, um, not live band covers, but internet covers, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and let's say that they're playing things that I can't play, so they are past my skill level. I'm definitely not looking down on it whatsoever, but for some reason, I'm not getting the feeling that the industry or that you know that it's that it's this legitimate professional career even though like i said okay you have double the views that i would on a video and you're playing things i can't play so you're further along the drumming timeline skill wise than i am you're doing better on social media but it hasn't turned into like a career yet and then when i see somebody like joe clay joe clegg is that how you say yeah 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 the second you get to his page i don't know what it is but you're like well i'm i you would have to scroll so far down to find out that he's the drummer for uh is it ellie goulding yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Ellie it doesn't matter. It, the first post, you're like, I don't know. I'm just hiring him. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's in black and white. And it's like, I don't know. It's, I just feel something. There's a professional feel to this. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And like, it's, I think it comes down to a few things. And I'm one of them, I guess, could be they create, they create things that don't already exist. And I think that's a go. huge one, mate. I mean, Joe Clegg yeah. is the perfect example of that. I remember speaking to him through um through lockdown when he was starting his dust palace i think it's called and he he was making his own samples and i was like mate amazing there there you are you could do anything you wanted to with this ellie goulding title and the montford and sons title and all these other md gigs that you've got you could do anything you could start a patreon page you could do yeah. i don't know the list goes you could on. also do nothing because you have enough that you could yeah, just wait. Exactly. You could just wait. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, Joe, among others, like there's just this sense of like, they're just creating things, man. And they're just, they're just yeah. doing things and it, and it, and there's a different feel to it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with just doing whatever you want in this world. But I think when it does, when it does come to down, come down to like having a career in this industry and having longevity and, you know, having, having credibility, it's all about like, don't forget, like, yeah, we're drummers, but like we're also artists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like create things and do try to do things differently. I think that's like at the background of this podcast every, in every episode. Try to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. I mean, neither one of us ever want to run into a Mike Johnston or Eddie Thrower clone. I mean, that's I think every Mate. YouTube video I've ever made says, I give you the blueprint, but you got to build the house. It's Mate, like, honestly, <laughs> there is one in my explore page that will not disappear. And I, of, of he's he is a bike. He is an MJ wannabe, mate. Honestly, <laughs> every post I'm like, oh, for God's sake! Really? You. Yeah, I'll I'll screenshot you in. I'll screenshot you. In. I'm just like, listen, mate. Do you know what I mean? Just I'm 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 one more post away from a comment. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna comment. Um, uh, but we won't we won't go down. But that we route. shan't go down. But yeah, I mean that's <laughs> the thing is like when I see that I'm not mad. It's just like oh man, I'm. It's almost like a parent. It's like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like <laughs> you have the skills to do whatever you want to do. You just have to do it a little bit original. There's nothing wrong with taking influence. My God, like I can't. <laughs> you know everything I do. Every time somebody's like, oh, just that thing you do with the like the two singles and then the two doubles. I'm like just. Don't give me too much credit. That's called a paradiddle diddle, and I didn't invent it. But, you know, it's like, but I understand you're 13. You just started playing drums. You think I made everything up. So it's like, obviously, we get our information from somewhere, but we have to put our spin on it. And so that is part of legitimizing 
a long-term career is that that person is going to be an artist. And you kind of feel like, like let's say between Joe, Freddie Sheed and Carter McLean, take those three people out of the drums and they would almost be exactly the same in something else. If they all yeah. just made blankets for a living, we would all own their blankets because their blankets would be the most original and they'd be, it's like, I, I never thought of why does a blanket need to be square? And it's like, Joe's like, I don't know. I mean, you're you're wider at the top than you are at the bottom. I made him a triangle. It's like, damn it. What a great idea. Joe, you're that's just out of the box thinking, buddy. I um, guarantee you someone's pulled over their car now and they're writing down like duvets. Triangle. Triangle, triangle duvets. All right, Joe. The trinket. It's a triangle blanket. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Okay. Mate, you guys can also, have that idea. I have no desire to make a triangle blanket. <laughs> But you know what um, I think every drummer and every artist should do, and that's mm. in their career, not only to sustain a career and to bring money in, but to learn about who they are, right? And learn about what kind of drummer they are, and that is teach. I honestly, teaching the drums has yeah. told me so much more and sh- has shown me so much more about myself than than any other thing that I've done in this industry. And it's helped me really figure things out and like find a voice and and figure out who I am and who I want to be. And, you know, I, I think yeah. everyone should teach. the dr- It happened to Freddie Sheed recently where he actually, I think he booked a couple of days in teaching and he was like, mate, I, I'm, I'm obsessed. I, I just, I love yeah. it now. And like he went into a bit, a bit of detail about why I loved it. And it was like, Talking about finding your purpose and and discovering more about you and what your voice is, teaching the drums, flipping egg, mate. Some of the things that yeah. I've discovered about myself, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, no. usually you end up, or, or, yeah, or that's exactly it. You find out, like, oh my god, I didn't even prepare for this lesson because it's fundamental stuff. So I didn't think I needed to. Now that I'm trying to demonstrate it at 30 BPM, I realize I can't do it. And so, and then you do the thing where you're like. Well, you know what I mean. You just say, well, you know, you, you get it. And it's like, as a student, when I was that little punk ass student, I was like, no, no, John, I don't know what you mean. Why don't you try it again at 30 BPM? Because you've got this whole place and you're charging my mom $100 a month. I'd like to know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as an educator, I think that going through the process of explaining something, that's the first time I feel like I have it down as a player. If I can't break it down for somebody, if I can't play it slow, play it fast, put a little spice on it, then eventually get it to that point where it's my thing. And that's that's what's so important with moving things forward is in becoming creative and having a voice is like, okay, if we both have access to this thing called the inverted paradiddle, well, what's your version of it? What's your flavor? Yes, it's still going to be this combination of singles and doubles and that can't be changed. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an inverted paradiddle. But with that, what's your voicing? How do you attack the instrument? I guarantee that if you just gave me, you, and Freddie the inverted paradiddle and said, go into a room for five minutes and come out with something cool, the things we would come out with would not be related whatsoever. Yeah, not, not so. Yeah, yeah. May so I, I think you, that... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm going no. to. <laughs> so to get us back on track with career, I think that that's part of being... <laughs> part of having like an actual career Mm. is that you've taken things and made them your own and you start to do that with everything you do and so like i said being diversified enough to be able to take on gigs do some session work teach a little bit like you said 
all these things, they start to add up to a career that you can be proud of because you become a well-rounded musician. And when I think of a career drummer like Aaron Sterling, I feel like I really could ask him about basically about 90% of anything you would ever need a drummer to do. I feel like I could call him and it wouldn't be a stretch for him. Why do I feel that way? I've never seen him play Latin. I've Mm -hmm. never seen him really play hard jazz. And if you think about it, neither one of us have ever seen him play with another musician on social media. I mean, every once in a while he'll post a clip of him with John Mayer, but for the most part, it's all just him in a room. But I get the feeling that he's got this this career level drum set mindset that he could do anything. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true, man. I hope I I hope people get like what we're trying to say from this podcast. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, don't do this or don't do that. Like you know, social media is like the big one. I I always find it hard to talk about because I don't want to be like oh, don't do this on social. You can do whatever you want on social media, but sure. like I just I never want the drummers to forget about like the fact that this is a a creative instrument. And Mm -hmm. when I say that, it means that like you can do anything you want on it, not necessarily just copy another drummer's work or, or see that that's the only thing you can be doing. Like, right. And when it comes to career, man, like the, the people that I would call to, for a gig or to record something, they all just create constantly in in yeah. one way or another. And I think that is a massive, massive thing when it comes to doing this for a career and a living man. Yeah. I think like, like you said, at the end of the day, there's people out there that can play so many more things than me, more, more things that are on the kit than me and they can play them a million miles an hour and outplay me and, and all those things. But like, like you said before, why aren't they on the stage at, this particular clinic do you know what i mean and i think that comes down to it man it's all about just creating things well i think an easy way to think about things especially for all of us that have to check our own egos and check why we're doing it is the thing you did today would you do it without social media if you get rid of all social media basically nothing about my day changes the ice bath like you said (laughs) no one's no one's doing that without social media bro no one's doing it. <laughs> Come on. It's like, 100%. mate, like, what, what are you on about? Like a shower, if you're mental enough, goes goes cold enough. Yes. It, it, you do not need to fill a bucket up of ice and sit in it and then like ask, ask like your mate to take a picture of you going. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like I said, <laughs> would you do it without social media? Now, exactly. whatever it is, you know, I had a student or a camper a long time ago. And he came in, older guy, um, and, and when I say older, I just mean that he was an adult. He had a career. He was um, he he was a hobbyist drummer, and he was day one kind of struggling in camp, and it wasn't going well for him. No big deal. I'm used to this. We have five days. I'm going to build him up. All good. And then you know, at the end of every night, we have our sheds where we all play a song. So, and I on the first night I let the campers pick their own songs. And so this guy who was really struggling with like singles, doubles, paradiddles, and some fundamentals, he goes, um, YYZ by Rush. And I was like, like a, a cover of it that, that someone else did like as a country to, you don't a, want do you the mean ru- yeah. ABC by Rush, ABC version. <laughs> you, you don't want the last letters. That's, that's way harder. I was like, are Okay. Sure, man. And I, you know, I was like, damn, like this is okay. I'm going to have to really pick up the pieces after this. 
Uh, this is going to crush his soul. Not to mention, we're live streaming this. So anyways, he gets up on the stage and note for note, crushes the song in a way that you would have to give me two years to learn what he... I mean, it was flawless. Right. He gets down, the, the whole camp's losing their mind because they've watched him struggle with like right, left, right, left, right, left this whole day. We're all hugging him. I'm like, bro, where did that come from? And he's like, man, I saw Rush when I was a kid and it just made an impact. And that's that's all I do. I just, I get home from work, I put on the headphones and I learn Rush songs. That's all I ever want to do with, wow. with drumming. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so is that bad? Like, hell no, the drums are bringing him what he wants. And so to me, that's not a career drummer. That is somebody that found enjoyment in the drum set in his own specific way. That's what I call a vacation from reality drummer, where it's like, look, I have a tough ass life. I have a tough job. But when I put on those headphones and play that Rush song, I am Neil Peart for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's not a negative. We're, you know, I think that Eddie and I are both trying to make the point that if whatever you're doing brings you happiness, you're not doing it wrong. If it brings you joy, you are doing it right. And I can tell you that dude, if you got rid of social media, he would do that every day. He'd go into his basement, play a rush tune. And I can tell you that because he did it when there was no social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's like, exactly. I, and I think that that's what we're all trying to get to. But when it comes to a career, you have to present yourself professionally. There's nothing wrong. It's not vanity to learn how to take good pictures and how to film yourself properly and start to work on the sound that you're getting. Guys, I still use two freaking microphones. I, when I put up that video of me playing the Man on the Moon song yesterday, somebody said, good job, but I think it could have used a little more snare in the mix. And I was like, well, look at the kit, homie. I don't have a snare mic. <laughs> That's not a fader for me. I don't have that option. Oh, so it's like, but too. it's like, but I do, I did take that to heart. And I was like, okay, how could I have the snare make more presence? Could I have hit it harder? Should I have used a different drum? So it's like, we're all trying to get better so that we, pr if you want to have a career as a drummer, and not just on a financial level, but a career where you're thought of as a career drummer, you have to like really hold yourself with this level of professionalism. And there's yeah. definitely people where I feel like, dude, you're a career drummer. And then you find out like, oh, you don't you don't play drums for a living. They're like, God, no, can't <laughs> make any money doing that. I'm a chiropractor. I'm like, well, you have a very professional look and feel. I would yeah. hire you for anything. Yeah. And obviously you and I have dealt with this with bass players and guitarists where we are the ones hiring them it's i'm never if you were looking through social media for a guitarist you're not looking for a guy or girl that can shred like that's not even part of the equation mm -hmm. looking for professionalism all around yeah man i think you summarize it perfectly mate you know this this is i think this episode is very steered steered towards the people who you know want to make this a living and want to make it a career and i think between me and mike we've got a very good understanding of what that takes you know um so hopefully there's there's some golden nuggets in there for you to walk yeah. away with um but i'm going to change the subject slightly you mentioned you should have maybe used a different snare or you know blah 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 i saw in your story you did get a new snare oh yeah yeah yeah. so oh i'm full of the segues today aren't i full of them oh my god <laughs> you are you're something special edward i'll tell you that right now <laughs> um so that let's see on my store oh yeah i got yeah. my first ludwig yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i saw that and okay. like i thought you were going to come in when you said oh you know at the beginning of this podcast like oh you know 
it's important. This is this is this is the real deal. And I was like, <laughs> he's going to talk about it. I don't Here have to come. bring in a segue. You didn't mention it. So I uh, didn't. I yeah. got my very first Ludwig Acrylite. Well, I mean, I've, I think I've probably had some like literally the f- when eBay first launched because it was the only thing I could afford to buy on eBay drum wise. But I've never really had one in my collection. And so I've steered clear of everything that people say, well, you have to have this. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. then I'll never have one. <laughs> we got to have a, a pair of vintage K hi-hats. Like, no, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm yeah. The same. So yeah. the only Black Beauty I have was given to me. It's a gift. I would have never bought a Black Beauty. Who gave Beauty. you that? Who gave uh, you that? Chris Hancock from Rooster Thrones. Wow. He yeah. just gave you it. Uh, it just showed up and he was like, it was right when we built the snare wall, like about two weeks later, box shows up, open it, 14 by six and a half Ludwig Black Beauty with two lugs. And it had a note that said every wall, des- every snare wall deserves a Black Beauty. And I was like, what? <laughs> what a gift. So, so yeah, go ahead. What's the difference? What's with the Acrylite? Because I remember you saying this in an episode ages ago that they're, they were actually they were actually like a cheap drum. Something they, like that. Yeah. So the original Acrylites were considered, they're actually sold as a pack and you got like a, a really nice case. You got a pair of sticks and usually a snare stand and the drum. And this was the student model that at the time Ludwig was offering. It was an affordable aluminum shell and it's a seamless aluminum shell. And usually at the time, most of them were 14 by five. Um, and it was just kind of the cheap student drum and it worked and it was snappy and it had, you know, the classic Ludwig strainer and throw and it was it was cool. But then eventually people kept putting more and more tape on their drums and they realized, OK, I'm putting a lot of tape on this brass drum, which is basically me trying to get it to sound like an aluminum shell, like the aluminum shell is it's just a little more dead. It's a little more thuddy, responds right. really well to l- low tuning. But also, if you start to put some tape on it, you get that Anderson Pock kind of just mm. really, really staccato, almost like marching thing. You know, it's got this vibe to it. It's That's, like a 70s marching drum almost. Oh, mate, it sounds amazing. And talking about Anderson Pack, another segue, sue me. <laughs> mate, the halftime show, we didn't even talk about it last week. No, no. Uh, it in- was, I mean, same. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the guy that was in the lower area that did the the first couple things, that's Trevor Lawrence Jr. So Trevor's been here to the studio a few times. Um, and he's he's somebody that's truly brilliant because he straddles the line. You know, he's been Snoop's drummer forever. He's, he's worked with Dre, Eminem, all those things. But he's also one of the most proficient jazz drummers in the world. And he's worked with wow. Herbie Hancock. And he's a great fusion player. And he's just an – oh, and he's always doing – he's kind of like – Ash Stone, but over here he's always working on movie soundtracks and everything. And so, you know, uh, seeing Trevor in that bottom thing was just amazing. And then obviously watching Anderson. And I I feel bad for like anytime the halftime show happens, I feel bad for the people that have to defend the halftime show because let's say that for some weird reason they brought back Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Every 80s Hesher with a jean jacket would just start typing like, well, you just don't understand. You don't understand like the history of the crew. And it's like, all right, slow down. (sighs) Everyone's going to hate. You don't have to defend it. It was brilliant. It was badass. And in my mind, the one thing I never saw anybody talk about 
everyone was talking about the performance as far as like haters and supporters. Mm-hmm. No one talked about like, hey, the NFL has made trillions of dollars off the backbone of this music for so long. And then every halftime show is a genre that's not even related to all the commercials and the promos and the ads. They run, you know, like Lose Yourself by Eminem. That was probably in every NFL commercial for five years. And Mm. then so it's like I thought it was just a great way to say, hey, what you guys did with your entire genre, it's part of our culture here at the NFL. And we just want to say thank you, you know, like Mm. so. I don't know if why they were hired, but I kind of thought like, hey, it's about time that you have some legitimate rap artists, not just as the special guest to Justin Timberlake. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, always yeah, it's yeah, like, OK, yeah. well, let's just please the biggest amount of people and then we'll just roll out Missy Elliott for 18 seconds and put her back. Like, so, yeah, it was like, why don't you make the whole halftime show a thank you to this genre that became part of the culture of not just the NFL, but sports in general. So Man. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was the best one I've ever seen, to be honest with you. And like, I mean, talking about careers, mate. I mean, all of those guys and girls that were on the stage, mate, they've they've they have been doing them and they have been creating and doing what they think is cool before it was ever cool. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. I mean, especially like Dre, mate. I mean, hearing some of the beats he's come up with over the over the years that yeah. like, oh my god. And you don't about even being- realize how much of a part of your DNA that stuff is. You know what I, I mean? Know. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And and people like Kendrick talking about having yeah. an amazing career in whatever field you're in. Like Kendrick Lamar, mate, like he's he's doing things that he thinks are cool and then, you know, they pop off and it's like, okay, that, yeah. that's, that's what it should be People catch up like. way later. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and he's like, cool. Yeah, I knew you would, but I'm on to the next thing anyway. Yawn. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that is what I love. But um, yeah. but yeah, I loved it. I loved I it. Thought it was, I thought it was amazing. And uh, yeah, I I love any time. And, and you... As drummers, we know, look, because people will ask me like, well, how come the drums weren't turned on? How come there were no mics? And it's like, you don't understand. Do you know what can happen to a mic cable? They cannot chance that at the biggest moment in the world. There, He probably tracked all the drums and then just played along to his own drumming note for note. So yeah. in my mind, I mean, those fills were fills, yeah. but you could tell like they're, they're going to be a split second off, but... I was still like, well, he must have tracked it because he's note for note nailing this stuff. Mm, yeah. But I, I know that there's no possible way they're going to take the chance to just pipe like a real kit through the PA system. Could you imagine? This will work. It'll be fine. Like, excuse, no excuse you, mate. Is it? Can I, can I please just have a couple of mics in my kit so you can feed it out? Because I know <laughs> there's going to be 14 drummers on YouTube who are going to say I'm miming. Can we, can we just do that? I and I would actually be like, can you do it? You don't even have to plug them into a board. Just put them under some gaff tape, like the leads. <laughs> but I I need I need there to be some mics on my kit. Uh, but I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and I think that anything that gets people to like start talking and recognize drumming again is always a good thing. You know, we're always waiting for the next, whether it be a movie like Whiplash or the next Travis Barker to come along and stoke the fire for the next generation of drummers that want to have a career. Mm. this is like the fifth segue we're, we're on fire mate i think we're on fire anyway i don't know well i <laughs> if we didn't double our patrons this episode i don't know how to do it because I mean, this was <laughs> it was just a shockingly well-produced episode all right everybody i hope you have an amazing day 
We yeah. hope that you guys are excited to continue your career, whether you make a living off this instrument or not. Just having the mindset of a career drummer, doing things with a professional attitude, whether it be how you present yourself on social media, how do you respond to people in comments, and most importantly, how you play this instrument, making sure that every single note that Every time that drumstick comes down to make contact with a cymbal or a drum, that there's intent and there's purpose there. You're doing it for a reason. You're going for something. Nothing is just, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing it. It's like, why are you hitting it this way? What sound are you getting? Because the best players in the world, they are doing everything with purpose and with intent and with care. I think that's such a big thing is caring about what you're doing, caring about what you're putting out to the world. Do you know when you play, you cause people to plug their ears because it's so loud? If that's your intent, go for it. Swing for the fences. Flip those hi-hats inside out. That's great. But if not, if it, then it's like, well, pull it back. Think about what you're putting out there in the world on every level. And when you do that, People start to take you very serious in this industry. And like Eddie said, man, just create and just be you. Like there mm-hmm. is so much room for you to be you. And I think that's where things, if we're going to kind of put a bow on this, that's where things go wrong is when you try to be somebody that's already out there. They're already there, but you're not. So be you. Mm-hmm. 100%, mate. 100%. Uh, you summarized that so perfectly, mate. I'm going to stop talking before I ruin it. <laughs> Do you know what Can I mean? Segue us into something. I, I can't remember what episode it was. I was listening to it, um, listening to us talk. Bit weird, but I was Not doing it anyway. Um, and you you summarized the whole episode, and it was like honestly, it was like just bang on the money, bang on the hour, right? And then I start, and I come in, and I talk to this fucking nonsense, mate. I'm talking absolute <laughs> shit. There's I don't know. I'm not making sense. And you, and it's the, the whole sort of beautiful sort of aura of the episode is just destroyed by me rambling on because I feel like I have to talk pretty much what I'm doing now. So I'm going to stop. Well, think about how many beautiful things never got to happen because when you got to your second word, I just started talking again. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, before you start talking, I have to say the reason I do that, it's not because I'm not listening. It's not because I don't love you or I don't care. It's because I'm so scared that I'm going to forget what's on my I mind. Mate. I have like a 13 second window to get this stuff out. Mate, it happens to me as well. Like, I know I've said the word segue 18,000 times, right? But like, if if you say like a couple of words within a, within a sentence, I'm like, right, remember that bit. Remember that bit. Because I've got a great point to come back to about that bit. And then if you carry on a bit too long, that bit is gone so now i'm like shit what else can i what else can i say and then you stop talking and then god knows what happens but we seem to be doing all right mate because we've got we've got a good couple of patrons under our belt we've got a good yeah. good couple of listeners we've got a couple of live podcasts coming up mate that says to me Absolutely. that we're doing all right you know and you mean? know what i want to do at one of those live podcasts i want to play a ludwig acrylite like the one i just bought recently from nelson drum shop <laughs> everyone have an amazing day hope you enjoyed episode 77 uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ciao, ciao put on a t-shirt, mate. That's my Atta merch boy. drop. Atta boy. <laughs> oh. That was wow. brilliant. That was awesome. There we go.